With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. When you do something truly remarkable, the pressure upon you to follow up is quite often immense. And I think we can safely say that for Catherine Bigelow, she has so far met those expectations. Of course, if you go back to oh, about 2008, she had the Hurt Locker. She was the first woman to win Best Achievement in Directing at the Academy Awards for uh, for the Hurt Locker. A couple of years later, followed it up with Zero Dark Thirty, which was also widely nominated and received great critical acclaim. But the pressure remains, and her new movie is called Detroit. Alex first has seen it. Alex, tell us more. Oh, what a film. I've been waiting. I've been waiting anxiously for great movies in 2017. We saw Dunkirk, which was a terrific film. Detroit, absolutely up there. Based upon fact, but filling in the blanks with some licence. Now, that's that's my question. How much licence? I don't know, because this concerns... It's a slice-of-life reality drama about the Detroit riots of 1967. I was only a, a little kid... I can't say I remember them. Do you? No, too young for me to remember as well. Yeah, well, look, the summer of that year was a pivotal moment in modern American history. The country was beset by growing political and social unrest, escalation of the military engagement in Vietnam, the culmination of decades of racial injustice and repression. The epicentres of this discontent and simmering rage were the major cities in the United States. Now, it was there the practice of systematic discrimination, racial disparities in housing and education and growing unemployment in African-American communities were particularly prevalent. This movie, Detroit, primarily set two nights after a rebellion in Detroit started. Now, there was a report of gunshots in the vicinity of a National Guard staging area. That prompted the Detroit Police Department the Michigan State Police, the Michigan Army National Guard and a local private security guard to search and seize an annex of the Algiers Motel, which was nearby. Flouting procedural rules, several policemen forcefully, viciously interrogated motel guests. They conducted a game called the Death Game in an attempt to intimidate someone, anyone, into confessing that they had fired these shots. And guns were drawn, shots were fired, men and women were brutally beaten. That is Detroit the movie. So 
the up-close and personal approach taken by Catherine Bigelow mirrors the techniques that she, well, she, where, where she got her start, if you like, what she mastered in the Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. All of that is prevalent again in Detroit, and that's fantastic. She sees the cinematic medium as speaking to the subconscious, inviting an almost active engagement from the viewer. That's how she shot or how she's been responsible for directing The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. It's worked for her before. Why can't it work again? It does. And when you think about these two movies, The Hurt Locker, she put our boots on the ground in Iraq. Zero Dark Thirty, directly inside Osama bin Laden's compound. In this case, she wanted to place the viewer inside the motel, the Algiers Motel. So we're experiencing it in nearly real time. And in 2014, that's when this movie really got going, the writer Mark Boll and his team of researchers interviewed dozens of participants in the actual disturbance, from African-American residents of the community to police and military personnel. Now, of the dozens of personal stories that Boll came across, one stood out for him. Historical record of Larry Reed, played in the film by Algie Smith, the lead singer in a popular up-and-coming singing group, The Dramatics. That's the the guy, Larry Reed. Now, he'd booked a room for the night at the Algiers Motel for himself and his close mate, Fred Temple, played by Jacob Lattimore, who was in The Maze Runner. He'd done so in order to get them off the streets during curfew. Now, what Bowl says is that Larry had been pulled into this true crime story and it altered the course of the rest of his life. And in his mind, in Bowl's mind, that would form spine of this movie. So Detroit starts out as a multi-layered depiction of events surrounding the chaos of those times. Then it introduces us to several of the players that are going to play key roles in this movie. Can a mountain sunrise awaken something deep inside us? Can a winding trail be the path to what we've been yearning for? In West Virginia, you can look for answers in rolling hills and hidden waterfalls and get back in touch with things that feel authentic and pure. Ask yourself if there's a feeling you've been missing. Then listen to the voice that's calling you to a place that's almost heaven. Find your version of heaven at wvtourism.com. You're listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. The overwhelming emotion I felt throughout was anger palpable anger at the treatment of the African-Americans. You gain a real understanding of the hostility prevalent at the time. Barry Aykroyd's cinematography is a feature of this film. Amongst the strongest performance performances, plural, is that from Will Poulter. Now, we saw him initially in We're the Millers, which was this sort of silly little comedy. Oh, that was now, awful. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. But here he plays the white cop who feels... He all but has carte blanche to do as he pleases. John Viega, you might know that name from Star Wars The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. He assumes the role of a dignified African-American with a couple of jobs, one as a security guard, and he's out to diffuse the situation around him as best he can. He watches closely. He sees all, but only steps in and steps up when he feels he can positively influence the way events play out. You know what it's like sometimes, do you step in, do you not step in when you're in a situation of conflict? Well, that's the character that he plays, John Viega. And you're left with the undeniable feeling that what is missing here is restraint because Detroit, the city, was a powder keg ready to blow. 
and blow it dead. And then petrol was added to the fire. So this is an extraordinary movie, another fine example of filmmaking at its compelling best, brilliantly directed by one of the finest directors going around, Catherine Bigelow. She has done it again, well, well and truly. It is a movie you've got to go along and see. It is two hours, 23 minutes, and you are riveted to every frame. You mentioned Dunkirk earlier in the review, mm. uh, which I think is your best movie of 2017 so far. Does that does that mean Detroit is in illustrious company? Oh, yeah, very much so. This is in the... Well, I haven't seen the movies because we don't know what is being touted for Oscar nominations, but I would say both of those are well and truly in contention. So, yeah, this is up there. It will be in my top ten without any question at all, and it may even be higher than that. Wow, okay. And and Catherine Bigelow, is, it is such... And I don't know, I don't think we've actually had a decent conversation about her as a director. It, it, it's such an amazing story because... Uh, while there is, and justifiably so, so much focus on the, the two films we've mentioned earlier, The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, and it sounds like uh, this movie, Detroit, will be up there as well. If you go back to the early days, she did some movies that, um, well, I don't think you could say they're in, in sort of the same calibre, but things like Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis and the original version of Point Break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, OK, she cut her teeth. Bear in mind... She spent a few years married to another brilliant filmmaker in James Cameron. So I'm not sure what sort of influence he had over her. I, I look, Blue Steel was, yeah, it was a movie, wasn't look, it? Look, it was a movie. I, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a fascinating story to look at the progression of a director. And again, we're not talking someone here who goes and takes every project. You know, since her first work as director, which was a short film called The Setup in 1978. Detroit is only her 19th directorial credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, But, I mean, it's been... She's made some decent films. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, A19, The Widowmaker, I remember. That was in the early 2000s. I mean, that's, you know, that's going back 15 years or so. So, yeah, and, I mean, look, I suppose surfies like Point Break, didn't they? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe K-19, The Widowmaker, was the turning point. Yeah, I mean, could have been, but there, there's obviously quite a bit of distance between that and the, the next movie she made, which was The Hurt Locker. So, yeah, there, there's years between drinks. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, not so much lately, though. I mean, when you when you think about it, zero day... Oh, yeah, well, I suppose... Yeah, five years. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, she, she chooses her projects carefully, and that's a good thing. Look, I mean, it's just an interesting case study, Alex. That's all I'm saying, just yeah, an interesting yeah, no, case it, study. It is. And, I mean, look, I, I reckon this is worth an 8.5 out of 10. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboom, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.